You're listening to Sunday Worship at Weddington Methodist Church. Find more ways to worship, fellowship, serve, study, and be supported at weddingtonchurch.org. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Verse 12, one verse. We'll have many more throughout the sermon, but to start, Exodus 20, verse 12, where God says, Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for this privilege now of studying it together. And God, as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this will be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. When something's important to us, we have a tendency to repeat it. The reason we repeat it is we want somebody to really know what we're saying, really know what we're feeling, really know what we're expressing. It's important. We want it burned on the heart. So one of the reasons, for example, when we say, I love you to someone, the person that you fall in love with, the person that you decide to marry, you say to them repeatedly, I love you. I mean, most of us do not say, I told you when I asked you to marry me, I love you. You should know that by now. I shouldn't have to repeat myself. I mean, typically that wouldn't go over really well. So we say those words repeatedly. Or to our children, for example, our grandchildren. We have a tendency to snuggle them and go, I love you. I love you. And we tell them again and again and again, every time we hang up the phone, every time they leave or go somewhere, I love you. And the reason is not because they don't know it, but we want it burn in. We want it to be, this is part of who you are. You know this. And this is something that God says repeatedly, honor your father and your mother. And it's actually interesting where God says it. Now, the scripture that we just read is part of the Ten Commandments. So Moses has gone up on Mount Sinai at God's command, and God starts offering him the commandments. That's interesting with the Ten Commandments that they break down in the two Great commandments that Jesus gave us. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He would go, love the Lord your God with everything you've got, which means your heart, soul, strength, your mind. And also love one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the Ten Commandments break down in those. The first four deal with our love for God. Commandments such as, you shall have no other gods, there's no idols, do not use the Lord's name in vain, Keep the Sabbath holy. In other words, spend some time with me. Stop and spend time in relationship with me. The next commandment, the fifth commandment, the very first commandment of the remaining six that deal with our love for one another is honor your father and your mother. The very first one when it comes to our relationships with other is honor your father and your mother. Now, actually, there are some scholars that argue that the fifth commandment is not part of the last six, but is actually part of the first four dealing with our love for God, in that one of the ways that we show our love for God 
is by honoring our father and our mother because the family was part of God's creation. It's not good that the human beings should be alone. So God created families to be together. So to honor God is to recognize this kind of covenant relationship. And God often uses the parent-child relationship to describe our relationship with God. Relationships. Honor. Terence Fretheim, who is an amazing Old Testament scholar, says that no interhuman relationship is so basic as that between children and parents. It is a fundamental order of creation. At no age do people cease to be children of their parents. It's an imperative as well. It's interesting, this scripture or this particular commandment is not one of those thou shalt not, like thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, etc. This is an imperative. This is something you shall do. You shall honor your father and mother. The you shall is implied in the imperative, honor. Honor your father and your mother. Now, Dr. Walter Harrelson, another biblical scholar, talks about that when you look at this commandment, it's not necessarily talking about minors, little children to their parents, although that is included, but he actually implies that, that this, this commandment deals with adult children in particular and aging parents. So it's both minors who are under the, the auspices of their parents, as well as those of us who are adults and our parents. And therefore, he goes, honor here is a little deeper than obedience. So the obedience, as some will say, is actually deeper, a deeper message than simply do as you're told. The Oxford English Dictionary, for example, says that honor means to regard with great respect or high esteem. Now, you have to remember when you hear this commandment that these are the days before Social Security, Medicare, retirement plans, all those kind of things. And unfortunately, and sadly we still see it today, some had the habit of just disregarding their parents. Especially once it gets to a point when the parents are no longer contributing to you, but you're now having to exercise energy funds, whatever it may be, to the parents so they just tend to be set aside. And so there's a warning. There's a challenge here to minors, but we adults, this is for us as well, maybe for us in particular, honor your father and your mother. Terence Fredheim goes on to say, the positive formulation, along with the use of the wide-ranging verb honor, means that there is no one specific behavior that is commanded. It is an open-ended commandment, inviting children to respond in any way that honors parents. In all dealings with parents, respect, esteem, having regard and concern for, and showing affection, considerateness, and appreciation are the order of the day. Brevard Childs, who is another amazing Old Testament scholar, adds on this way, he said, to honor is to prize highly, to show respect, to glorify and exalt. Moreover, it has nuances of caring for and showing affection. 
And many of you have read books by Tim Keller, The Reason for God, other books that he has. But Tim Keller says that it's respect for your parents that is the basis for every other kind of respect and every other kind of authority. Now, let's just be clear. This does not necessarily mean when it says honor your father and mother, that that means you have to agree with them on everything. I was one of those rebellious young people and still am, I guess you could argue. So it doesn't mean necessarily that we disagree or that we agree on everything. I disagree, for example, with the President of the United States, whoever they may be at times, but that doesn't mean I disrespect the office of the President. There's something about the office and the respect that it is due. I may disagree with my parents, but I honor their role and and the office that they have or the position that they have and hold in the family. It's a sign of respect. Well, we also have to be honest and recognize that not every parent may be faithful to God. So when we hear this, sometimes Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day to all of you, Sometimes Mother's Day or Father's Day is difficult because not all of our parents got it right. Not all of our parents were able to show and express love. It's why when we did the prayer for mothers, there's portions, there are some who did it phenomenally well. There are others who are like mothers to us that have nurtured us. But then there are some that we pray for who really struggled. And there were some parents that may not be faithful to God. If you look back in Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 18, then God says, I said to their children in the wilderness, do not follow the statutes of your parents, nor observe their ordinances, nor defile yourselves with their idols. If there's an unfaithfulness to God, then that's, we're not called to follow that but we can still honor and love and respect someone even though we choose not to follow who they are. It's also one of the reasons Paul, when he talks about this very scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, he warns parents. He goes, And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And the reason you have a warning... The reason I tell my staff sometimes, the only reason you ever have a policy is that means somebody messed up. So Paul's giving warnings because clearly some are not handling this well and handling parenthood well. But the challenging thing is, is don't provoke. Raise them in the family. Not everybody's going to do that. Not all parents are good parents. Not all parents are considered honorable. We have to be honest about that. We're very much aware of that in our world today. I mean, I'll be confessional with you, which is a little hard when you do it online. But my grandfathers, neither one of my grandfathers were necessarily role models that you would want to look up to. And unfortunately, one of my grandfathers died right before I was born. The other died right after. So I never had a relationship with a grandfather figure But one of my grandfathers was a drunk and very mean and abusive. And it was hard on the family. 
And, and my father used to talk about that, that people would say something about the good old days, and he would say, you know what? The good old days were nothing like good old days. I have zero desire to ever go back there. It was painful. It was hard. It was a difficult time. My other grandfather on the other side of the family, well, he left his wife and all of his kids, including my mother, who was the baby of the family. So she was just a little girl. He left them when they were very young, left them, not only left them, but then neglected them. There were a lot of painful events that occurred, and it was not honorable. It was not to be emulated. And I will share with you, my parents worked very hard. We, they talked about it. We had a lot of conversations. They worked very hard to get past the pain of what they grew up with and help them create a family that would be different than that, a family that would know that we were loved and taught the discipline of God and taught the faith and, and who God is. And they worked very hard to get to the point where they could pray for their parents and forgive their parents and then to break the cycle to be somebody different. That's one of the reasons I so honor my father and my mother is because I watched them work with everything they had not to be like their fathers, but to create a whole different kind of family for us. So I, I admire and, and I respect that. The other thing that we can realize, too, when we think about these days is not all parents to us are actually biological. I mean, one of the beautiful things, the Westminster Confession, one of the confessions of the early church and the faith, shares that this fifth commandment actually is not limited to biology, but to all of those who are over us, who have nurtured us, who have cared for us, that this commandment to honor our fathers and mothers are to all those who took us under their wings and helped care for us. Some are foster parents, some are adopted parents, and some are just like parents, neighbors and friends. And one of our staff members was sharing with us just the other day how when they were little, it was someone in the community that was a very active part of the church that showed them who God is and what it meant to be a family and to be like the church. It's a powerful thing that God puts others in our lives who can take these parent figures for us. On a day like today, we honor them. The commandment reminds us to honor them and I thank God for people like them. But this is an important commandment. Actually, Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning of verse 1, that this is the commandment that comes with a promise as well. He said, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. He's now quoting Exodus 20 verse 12. This is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. I mean, one of the things I think God is sharing here, and when you really dig into the scripture, is that God is saying, when you settle the promised land, so the children of Israel that Moses is getting these commandments, bringing them down, this is who we are. It's part of our identity, it's part of our being. When you settle the promised land, 
When I place you in the new Eden, remember the Garden of Eden's where it all began, but then sin entered and messed that up. When I enter into a new promised land, a blessed land, if your priorities and if your values are not firmly established and lived out, such as honoring the family, the covenant, the bond that you have been raised in, then what seems to be a promised land will become chaos again. Or if your relationship within the family are in jeopardy, if if your relationships within the family are not a priority for you, not important for you, and we didn't choose our family, so it's not always easy, but if those covenant relationships are not significant and do not have any meaning for us, then our whole world, our whole system will be a mess. Will be a mess. The Wesley Study Bible says that God's people are to be marked by intergenerational faithfulness. That there is a respect from one generation to the next. And so God is saying to us, now honor those who are over you. Honor your father and your mother. Honor your elders. Honor and respect those who can teach you and guide you, who have loved you. This is important. Dr. John Golden Gay teaches as well. He's an Old Testament scholar. He said, the householder is to honor his parents who will now be old and not as useful to the family economy as they once were, and who were inclined to interfere with the decisions he knows needs to be taken. The family is basic to the way Israel is to work, and failing to honor one's parents imperils the fundamental structure of the society. It thus imperils, he said, its very existence. Maybe then that's why God repeats this so much is so that we'll get it, we'll hear it. Leviticus 19 verse 3, you shall each revere your mother and father and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Proverbs 19 26, those who do violence to their father and chase away their mother are children who cause shame and bring reproach. Exodus 21, verse 15, whoever strikes father or mother shall be put to death. And this gets even more challenging. Whoever curses, Exodus 21, verse 17, whoever curses father or mother shall be put to death. Deuteronomy 27, 16, cursed be anyone who dishonors father or mother. And all the people say, Amen. Solomon, the wisdom of Solomon. Proverbs 1 verse 8, Hear, my child, your father's instruction, and do not reject your mother's teaching. Proverbs 13 1, A wise child loves discipline, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And a little more graphic, Proverbs 30 verse 17 The eye that mocks a father or scorns to obey a mother will be pecked out by ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Now, it's pretty graphic, but I guess what I'm saying is when you look at all that together, it seems pretty important to God that we recognize this covenantal relationship that is the basics of society, 
It is the basis of the family. How do we honor? I love when you read the story of Jesus, for example, in Luke chapter 2. You have the story when Jesus was 12 years old. You may remember it. And Joseph and Mary go with Jesus to the temple. He's, he's there and then they leave. And each of them thought that Jesus was with the other. They finally realize that Jesus isn't there. They go back and they get him. He's there teaching the elders, listening to the elders. Didn't you know, he says, I'd be about my father's business? But Luke 2 verse 51 we can read over it very quickly. It's kind of important. Luke says, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. In other words, Jesus, the very Son of God, who was just teaching in the temple with the elders, listening to the elders, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business, still honored his father and his mother. See, parents can be, if we get it right, we don't always, but if we do, a parent-child relationship reminds us of the relationship God has with us. It's deep love. One of the things I'm reminded of on Mother's Day, Father's Day, now that my father is deceased, is I had no idea how much my parents really loved me when I was a kid until I became an adult and we had our first child. And then it hit me one day, wow, if my parents loved me as much as I love this kid, I actually called my parents up and apologized to them. I said, I had no idea how much you loved me until now. And so I'm sorry for all the things I put you through when I was a teenager and I, I would challenge everything that you said or did. I had no clue how much you loved me. It's deep love, and I honor that. I may disagree, but I honor it. I was pretty vulnerable as a child. When I was first born, couldn't do anything, couldn't feed myself, clothe myself. Someone else loved me deeply to make sure every need I had was provided. It's deep love. It's unconditional love. Constantly share with my kids, there's absolutely nothing you can do that will stop me from loving you. Now, unconditional love oftentimes gets mixed up with unconditional approval. That does not mean since I love you unconditionally, I approve of whatever you do unconditionally. Those are separate things. But no matter what you do, even if I disagree and don't approve, I will always love you. There is nothing you can do to keep me from loving you. That's the kind of love God has for you. There's absolutely nothing you could ever do to keep God from loving you. That's a deep, unconditional love. And it's no wonder then that God says, honor your father and mother, because through and behind that is how we love God and how God loves us. And it's sacrificial love, a love that is truly willing to give one's life for someone else. I've shared with you, many of you before, one of the things that I thought was one of the dumbest things my mother ever said was when I was a freshman in high school. It was December the 23rd, two days before Christmas. I have this incredible pain, taken to the hospital, find out my appendix are about to rupture. I had to have an emergency appendectomy on two days before Christmas. My mother had tears in her eyes and looked at me and said, I wish I could take your place. And I thought, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Until I had kids. 
And then I realized she actually meant it. I'd give anything to take your place. If I could hurt so you wouldn't, I'd do it in a heartbeat. And isn't that what God does for us on the cross? If I could take your place, I'd do it in a heartbeat. You see, parental love, it, it, it can be an amazing gift. We don't always get it right, but the good news is we have a God who does. You know, authority is temporary. My children are now young adults. Authority, it's not really there anymore. I don't have a lot of power over them. But what we do have is honor. Honor is something that can last forever. So no wonder, I think, then, that God included in the commandments. One of the things is, no matter how old I am, I can still honor my mother, my father who's deceased. My kids can honor me. It's part of the, the covenant, the community. It's what we're about. And even though on a day like this, we may be reminded of some of our parents who didn't always get it right, we have a God who does, who loves us dearly. Honor your father and your mother. God said, it's really, really important. And that's the way I see you as well. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks be to God. Amen.